Welcome to Monstrology, episode 13. Imagine, lucky number 13. Lucky number 13, as they've always said. Lucky number 13. Yeah, I was thinking about this in advance and realized that we've gone half a year. So, yay! But also... Happy half-year birthday happy to Monstrology. Half, yeah, it's... Ha half, half birthday. That's like in Alice in Wonderland, right? They yeah. celebrate their half birthday. Yeah, great. <laughs> and, happy half-birthday to Monstrology. Some, if, if it was some sort of like... Uh, you know, parasitic monster. I feel like it's like moving through its insect forms. Like it's, uh, you know, it's evolving. Oh, wow, way to make that gross. Thanks, Will. Well, you're welcome. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> episode 13, what could possibly go wrong? Um, <laughs> what is your favorite type of revenge story, Madrin? Oh, favorite type of revenge story. Honestly, you got to go with the tried and true wronged woman mm. gets her revenge on her ch cheating philandering husband or boyfriend <laughs> it's yeah it's it's an oldie but a goodie yeah i uh i agree i um <laughs> I, I i particularly like righteous revenge Ooh. i was thinking of like Django Unchained, like for people who who exact their revenge, and there's just something about the righteousness, like the balance of their revenge, that's very satisfying. They're so or, they're so you, correct in their yeah, revenge. Or or like if you want to go kind of scary with it, like you could do scary carry and carry, <laughs> like the idea that somebody's you know picked on so much that they explode into a supernatural fit of destruction. You're like you all deserve it. All you people deserve it. I mean, yeah, I think it's a bit yeah, extreme, well, but it's like, it's, like, that's what I mean. It's, it's deserved revenge. Yeah. That's what um, I was about to say is just like, yeah, no matter how good or, or no matter where the source of the revenge or, or the, or the ultimate fate of the person being exacted upon, it's like, they, they deserved it. Like you get mm -hmm. that, um, that delicious catharsis of like, we want bad things to befall this person because they were terrible in the first place. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, our guest today knows a lot about delicious catharsis. Uh, they're, they're very good at exacting their revenge. They have been for a very, very, very long time, um, uh, I, I believe. We'll have to get clarification on that. And today's guest is the Irenaeus, a.k.a. the Furies. Okay, so the first thing that we should dig into here is I think there are many pronunciations for today's uh, monster deity. Um, I've been saying Aranaeus, Aranaeus, what did I say? Aranaeus. Oh, and then I this whole week I've been like, oh, it's totally the Aranaeus. Yes, so Toast. this, I, I did look it up and I could find all these versions. I think the original Greek one uh, was four syllables and over time it got condensed into three and so there is some very vari variation of that like 
the Aranais versus the Aranais, which is maybe like, I don't know, it's just a kind of archaic way of saying it, but in nowhere can I find it be the Aranias. So if you're walking around saying it's the Aranias, you are wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. And for uh, anyone who speaks ancient Hellenistic Greek, please get in touch with us. Let us know how you yeah. might say this. <laughs> I have consulted much of the internet and it was inconclusive. Um, Varying but, opinions. Yeah, I just keep thinking these. Uh, if you, like us, struggle with the pronunciation of this word um, and it brings you great discomfort, you can also call them the Furies. Um, this kind of dual name is one of the many things that we deal with when we're talking about monsters that are both Greek and Roman. <laughs> uh, the the Araneas is the Greek, the Furies is the Roman. Um, but in both cases, in this, they're, they're more or less the same thing. There's, there's more variants in some other ones, but in this case, I found they're pretty much the same. Um, and they are the underworld's goddesses of vengeance. Um, they're depicted generally as kind of ugly winged women with hair and arms and waist that are entwined with like snakes, poisonous snakes, kind of like Medusa, but that's a Gorgon. Uh, yeah, big uh, snake theme going on. I read a lot and I saw, I've seen pictures too where they're all like, the snakes are all wrapped around their arms and all around their torsos. Mm -hmm. And there are some versions of it where their hair is made out of snakes, not unlike Medusa, but as you said, that is a different kind of creature. That's a Gorgon. <laughs> that's a Gorgon. We'll talk about them in another episode. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of snaky themes going on. Mm -hmm. I think maybe we'll get to this a little bit, but I think that comes through this kind of like underworldly fertility, sexuality, tempted. I mean, it's kind of pulled through sexuality. Um, but they also, uh, in terms of the way that they are clothed, um, they're sometimes like uh, wielding whips. There's versions of them that have long black robes, uh, kind of like uh, mourners, but also... Um, some of them are more um, practical. Well, this isn't practical, but like uh, short length skirts and boots of huntress maidens. <laughs> you know, the, the length of their skirts might not be practical, but they are dressed for hunting, uh, which is practical right, as opposed yeah, to like yeah. a long shroud of a black robe. Yeah, like I saw versions of that. And I think that uh, those versions where they're dressed more like hunter goddesses is more along the idea of like they have to chase people down mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. exact their vengeance on them and so they really are hunting uh these uh, mostly men they're they're hunting down these men which mm -hmm. i thought was just like yeah you can't do that in long robes tripping over them all the time you need mm -hmm. you gotta show some knee there was um a couple other like images that i found for them that that popped out as me as interesting just on different corners of the web uh it, one of them had blood dripping from their eyes which i thought was a Ooh. great image um uh some of them have bat wings that seems to be kind of how they seem to appear in pop culture and spider-like movement which i thought was interesting as as we imagine them largely to be flying deities i would say that some of them are very spider-like so maybe depending on which one they are they have different traits um they uh Historically, they're saying that they were probably like personified curses, um, but they also may have been conceived as ghosts of those who were murdered, exacting their revenge, um, as some of the ghosts that we've covered on this podcast have in the past as well. Um, 
but that makes sense in terms of where you get the idea of this monster um, as well. There is a bunch of different origin stories uh, for these uh, Araneas, and I'm just going to kind of cover a bunch of them. Madrin, maybe you can chime in with some other versions as well. Uh, it's, it's a pretty wide range. Um, the like kind of popular origin story <laughs> is that um, it's from the, the Greek uh, poet uh, Hesiod, and they were the daughters of Gaia, Earth, and sprang from the blood of her mutilated spouse Uranus, who was castrated by Kratos, and from that blood uh, birthed um, these uh, Arrhenius. Um, what I thought was was really interesting in that story is um, there's a, a, there's also another pronunciation is that it's Kronos, but so like Kratos, Kronos, whoever mm. when he castrated his father, uh, that's it's his father that he castrated was Uranus and threw his genitals into the sea. And then, as I'm sure we will talk about later, one of the most popular stories where the Aranese appear, they exact revenge in a story of patricide and matricide. So I thought that's really interesting that they were born of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of their deal <laughs> for mm-hmm. the rest of the, <laughs> for the rest of what they do in yeah. the stories. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to have, <clears throat> I don't have this specific story, but they, they also seem to have a particular um, proclivity to taking their revenge on children <laughs> you know children yeah. who have done wrong so yeah like their their main put them in contact is... with krampus <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well because i think yeah but their main specific uh reason for enacting their vengeance is because of patricide and then actually more than anything i've read that they're they really do not jive with matricide no matter what mm. So yeah, I think that that's, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I'm just going to go through a couple more of these origin stories. Uh, usually it's similar, but not always the same. So there's another one in, um, that they were the daughters of Nyx, uh, who is the deity of, of night. And uh, according to Hesiod's Theogony, they were, she's the daughter of chaos uh, and, and the, the mother of numerous primordial powers, including sleep, death, the fates, nemesis, old age, etc. So that nix put them into being which i think is interesting and they come from the underworld so it makes sense in that sense that they would be birthed from that place um in the writings of sophocles they're the daughters of darkness and of um gaia which i think or gaia i said earlier is earth so it's uh darkness and earth and the last kind of origin is uh euripides um was the first to speak of them in three like to, to specifically define them as a trifecta so rather than them just being a, a flock of furies there's uh three and they have specific names um so they are named electo meaning uh unceasing and anger to uh the avenger of murder and megara which is uh jealous jealousy um and i like that they have these really defined characters that i imagine them as kind of I mean, they're not the three witches, but that they have their own defined uh, personality is really fun. I mean, three is kind of an evil number too. Um, 
yeah, as I said, they, they, they live in the underworld and they ascend to earth to pursue the wicked. Um, they're, uh, I think we mentioned this, but they're identified as spirits of fertility on earth. And this is something that we have to keep in mind, Majin, which is very important. Uh, the longer that they existed on earth and the more feared that they became, they, they got a new name. So the Greeks uh, were afraid to utter uh, the word Arrhenias, which I'm sure they could pronounce uh, pronounce properly because they were so afraid um, that they started um, referring to them by like euphemistic names, uh, the Eumenides um, or the Semni, uh, which is um, uh, the kindly August respectively. So they, they got this nickname as the kindly ones. And I think it's such a great kind of antithesis to what they are where it's like oh kindly ones please don't hurt us like you're, you're trying to uh, appeal to your own safety by saying that they're they're kind spirits they're not going to hurt you um so when it's we... like he who must not be named exactly that's <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what i thought of yeah. no one say voldemort oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh no i said it oh. exactly um i mean we've, we've look we've said uh as many times but maybe we we haven't said it in the most dangerous way uh, yet so um yeah it, it's good to refer to them as uh, the kindly ones for our own safety otherwise they might uh, torture us uh, later on in this interview which i think would benefit um nobody um let's uh, is there anything we want to jump in there with Patrick? i've got more just kind of details and then we'll get into their powers because i don't want to skip over the the powers <laughs> that they possess uh well i mean i think well uh, there's one of the the stories of the aranies or furies maybe i'll just say furies because that's the only word for like for mm -hmm. sure how to say um uh, that that's part of um the the trilogy play that's all about like agamemnon and his mm. his whole family and uh you know with his trip to troy and all that sort of thing so that i mean that's what i was talking about earlier about like it's all about oh you know fathers are killed and then mothers and then oh it's all about vengeance and that sort of thing too so uh i don't know do we have time for this story i like this story yeah i'd love to i'd love to hear that story and that mythology great um yeah so in uh so th there's the first play that's agamemnon king agamemnon comes home from the trojan war and his wife clytemnestra kills him because he killed their daughter Iphigenia for uh, to get favor for good winds to sail to Troy. So Clytemnestra is getting revenge for her daughter's death. Then in the second play, their son Orestes, who has gone off to like basically learn how to be a man, comes home <laughs> through the and sea, is, <laughs> through, this, through war and you know as manly men things do. Um, he comes home and then is commanded by the god Apollo to avenge his father's murder. So he disguises himself as a messenger and pretends that he himself has died so that he can get close to Clytemnestra to tell her that. So by doing that, he then kills his mother and her lover. And it's but very even though, uncool. Well, you know, but it's Greek, so yeah. not to no, be it's, I mean, it's very cool, but, you know, by today's standards, very uncool. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it, it's not cool. Yeah. Um, so even though Apollo has commanded him to do this, he has still committed matricide. 
So then the Aranis start to pursue him and they want further blood for this vengeance. And then in the final episode of all of this, um, Athena arranges for a trial essentially for Orestes to be tried by Athenian citizens. So the Aranis testify against him and then Apollo speaks <laughs> they testify in his like in court? Basically, yeah. Like Athena. They have court. all of so these like extraordinary these... abilities and they're like, I will take the stand. <laughs> but can you imagine like having all of these Greek gods oh, come yeah. and, awesome. and vouch for you? It's just funny. So then it becomes this really big philosophical debate about the necessity of blood vengeance, but then the honor that is due to a mother as compared to that of a father. But then on top of that, what kind of respect are we supposed to pay to these deities uh, because they've asked for, for such big things? Mm -hmm. um, and they end up having a completely split jury. Mm -hmm. So Athena has to weigh in and give her final verdict and so she eventually decides to acquit Orestes but the Aranes do not like that because they are so sure that they still should exact their vengeance for this matricide that's occurred so they then threaten to torment all of Athens and all of the people who live there because they happened to be there when the trial was going on mm -hmm. so then Athena as kind of a truce offers them a different kind of role. So instead of exacting vengeance, they then become the protectors of justice. Mm -hmm. So they can break this, this cycle of blood for blood and, and instead, um, like they're, they're satisfied by being basically these protectors of, of right and wrong, mm -hmm. which I thought was just so cool. <laughs> Yeah, they're kind of the scales when the law uh, doesn't work, they will work. Um, well, and what was interesting too is that even within this story, the Aranes were considered very ancient, old, old gods versus mm -hmm. by by this standard, gods like Athena and Apollo were relatively new. So part of this deal that Athena gave the Aranes was like, hey, you're kind of on the outs, like nobody thinks you're cool anymore. So let's give you a more relevant job in, mm. in my cool, modern Greek <laughs> life now. My upstart business, you know? Right, it's like, let's, you know, we're just, we're gonna give you a glow up and we're just gonna <laughs> kind of like promote you and change, you know, rebrand you a little, Re you know, we're it's all about your brand now. <laughs> So it's I thought funny too that, that it's funny that like they needed to preside over this trial <laughs> or like they had to they had to be bribed into a new kind of role in order to stay relevant in which we now consider ancient Greece. I had read in some places too, you, you said like just in terms of how ancient they were, that they're so old and they kind of live by their own rules that they're not even defined as gods or mortals or like they are their own deities that has kind of always existed that has a long right. Yeah, like, like I when guess, I first started, I guess in some it, it defies some of these origin stories, but just that 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 is part of their lore as well. Right. Yeah, and like when I first started reading about them, I, I'm probably not going to say this word properly because again, it's in Hellenistic Greek, but they are Chthonic deities. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like which literally means in, under, or beneath the earth. Mm. So, in a lot of respects, most of the time they were considered to be older than the earth itself yeah it's pretty crazy um the 
well, just in terms of how old it is, there is, I could find, this isn't, this isn't pop culture because it's very old. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, the Orphic Hymns of 6th century BC uh, is a collection of like 87 religious poems uh, as translated by Thomas Taylor. Um, and there's, there's two separate stanzas about the Arrhenius. Um, one where they're referred to as that, and the second where they're referred to as uh, the humanities. And I think it's mm -hmm. interesting that you actually see that, like the trend of first they exist and then that you live in fear of them. And that's specifically a part of the, how the, they exist in, in these hymns, which, which means that they've been here, they've existed for at least as long as sixth century BC, which is a lot longer than I've existed. Um, just because yep, sometimes I like, I like to just put a date in and be like, they're at least this old. Um, the wrath of, of the Furies manifests in many different ways. And so um, you hear stories of like, I guess them inflicting on a whole uh, city, um, but they uh, torment madness uh, upon people. Uh, you might get ill and get a disease. Um, a nation harboring any criminal could suffer uh, death and hunger and starvation and I guess a kind of like plague. <laughs> um, and you can only uh, placate this, this kind of fury um, with the right ritual of uh, purification and the completion of a task that has been assigned to you for atonement. So they, I guess they define the terms in which you will be free from their wrath. Um, otherwise, I think it's just unrelenting, uh, exhausting, horrible things. <laughs> um, they, I'll get into powers because why not? Uh, they have some superpowers just to kind of make them relative to other monsters. Uh, immortality is one of them. They don't seem to age uh, in the same way that uh, you and I do. Um, they have talk about yourself. I'm aging majestically. <laughs> you're just doing the Benjamin button. You're going the other That's way. Right, I'm going backwards. Um, they, these, they have a superhuman strength, uh, ability and durability. Um, some of them can shape shift and assume different forms and, uh, flight, I think was a very popular power that they have as well. Um, pop culture, I think has endowed them with different, uh, features, but, those seem to be their kind of archetypal uh, powers. And that is the information that I have on the Furies. Imagine anything you'd like to add before uh, well, I think heading to pop culture. Uh, there's a couple of versions of it where uh, each one of our Aranese, the ones that we named, are particularly concerned with a, a specific type of, of crime or wrongdoing. Mm. So I've read that electo means implacable one. So she mm. punishes moral crimes like those around anger and lust. Mm -hmm. uh, Megara means jealous one. And she punishes crimes relating to the breaking of promises or vows uh, specifically like infidelity and marital infidelity mm -hmm. and tisiphony means avenging murder i love mm -hmm. that uh so she is particularly concerned with punishing crimes related to murder and very specifically to that of family members so i think that's why i focused so much on that trial of orestes <laughs> because they 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 so many of their stories seem to focus on familial murder and breaking oh you know who who's more important the father or the mother or the gods and all of this um 
so I thought that that was yeah I read several times how how concerned they are with family mm. uh, betrayal and murder I also yeah. just uh, have this image stuck in my head of it being the original courtroom drama <laughs> like it's just very right uh and like these legal, like big legal processions. women come in and you know like, and you, to testify and against you've got you a real like, artist in the back being like oh the show needs dramaturgy it's all oh, they're just sitting on a stand spouting greek <laughs> philosophy at me like where's the blood uh but hey it was pretty popular it stood the test of time so who am i to judge um all right we're gonna take a little bit of a break and when we get back uh we'll be digging into some pop culture welcome back to monstrology uh Madra and I uh, were just talking about um, some films that seemed like they were going to be about the Furies and were not. Um, one that I found was a 2019 horror film called The Furies that was like a pretty successful, I think, Australian slasher. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally a Fury monster. And it's just a slasher that took the name The Furies and put it in there. And I was very <laughs> upset. And so it does not qualify. Uh not the same i mean it maybe they were playing with those themes those undertones but it's uh, you know in my mind didn't really also because it was very much like men torturing like it was very slasher in in fun in terms of my like understanding of it that it's a good at what it is but it's like these kind of mind games of eight killers and eight women and i was like that's not what this is at all <laughs> um so don't watch that <laughs> if you're looking <laughs> for a filmed version of the furies um the most accurate <laughs> version of a monster that is the furies on film in a movie that i could find and watch was percy jackson and the lightning thief <laughs> um which oh. i had never seen before it's uh have you seen it Madrin? No, no, it's somehow that was one of those fantasy series that I knew was super popular and it somehow just kind of slipped through by me and I haven't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the fun of it is it's all inspired by, um, you know, Greek lore. And so seeing their interpretations, of their monsters, and it was directed by Christopher Columbus, who did the first few Harry Potter films. And so he kind of does some interesting world building in that way you can tell that they really wanted it to be a franchise but there's just a couple moments where i was like oh that cgi is not good or like <laughs> you've really rushed through this part of the story to make it into a movie like i think it just needed a bit more work and then they just kind of rammed through it because they knew they had good ip and it just didn't i don't know i didn't think it quite landed but there is um some good like stunt casting of different actors uh playing the roles like uma thurman is medusa and there's I don't know. There's, there's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, certain actors pop up and you're like, oh, you're in this movie. Well, that's kind of fun. I can see that that kind of worked in that way. Um, but sorry, specifically, <laughs> the Furies appear, um, and one of them is a, a teacher that they have that takes them to a museum, and it's like basically they realize that it's. Uh, person realizes oh this isn't my teacher it's just a fury and it's attacking me and it is a literal monster uh that is like uh black it looks kind of like a bat with like scary a scary mouth and i was like thank you for being a literal uh 
I'm not personal, well, and, but it manifestation like, of this monster. Yeah, and it sounds like the, that depiction is more along the lines of what we had talked about earlier, where it's like, you know, wings and kind of bat-like creature. And, exactly. You know, it's very scary. Yeah. There is within the books, too, because this has a larger lore than that film that I think was kind of an imperfect movie, um, or even not any amount of perfect um that the the book goes further into those furies so in, in the film that i see that you see the first one but later on as the stories evolve you see that there is three of them and they're all kind of um rallying against him um in more detail it appears in some other um things that i wasn't able to see but i think it would be a literal version of the furies one of them is sinbad war of the furies <laughs> um Again, I'm not a huge fan of the Sinbad franchise, um, but the premise of this is uh, on a treasure hunt gone wrong, modern day adventurer Sinbad accidentally releases the Furies, three beautiful but terrible ancient beings, powerful enough to threaten life on Earth. So I think in this case, they're literally um, like the deities. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Did you watch Xena Warrior Princess, Madrin? Sure did. Well, do you know about this episode with the Furies? There's an episode. Okay, Xena came out a while ago. Yeah, I mean, I it could have been a while. Specific no, it's okay. Uh, in, I think, season three is when I found it that the Furies um, find out that Xena never avenged the death of her father and they curse her um, with persecution and madness, and she goes, crazy um so i thought that was neat um i wonder if there is a streaming service that has xena on it because i would totally rewatch that now as an adult i don't know sounds, lucy lawless is amazing yeah this is the second um, time today i have talked about lucy lawless so really she, I, I, she's, I got into a really in-depth conversation about army of darkness and evil dead because she is in the tv series that came out that not that long ago um I won't spoil it, but she's amazing. Well, I'm pretty sure there's also a, a local Toronto drag queen called Lucy Flawless. Uh, yes. If I'm not uh, incorrect in that. Uh, no, and they're, um, the, actually, very, Lucy very Flawless performed at, I want to say, the Raptors game a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? <laughs> well, because I follow Lucy on Insta. Nice. Uh, yeah, so like that was a really big deal. Yeah, big awesome. Deal. It's just a chance wow. to, I guess. I was just doing a, a pitch earlier, Lucy. I know. Lucy oh, great. Um, this is also the part in the show where we go off on a really weird tangent. Yeah, well, this is, is about, yeah, the timing is about right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's usually but, about you know, mid pop culture. Um, those are the like literal manifestations of the monster, and quite frankly, I, I think that there hasn't yet been a great depiction of the Furies as a literal creature or deity in film. So it's a real ripe opportunity if somebody's uh, thinking, oh, I need to build a whole franchise out of some cool Greek IP. Um, boy, do I have a pitch for you. Uh, but yeah, I would is, agree. I actually think it's really interesting. I think it would make a great film. Um, but uh, there are some films that are contemporary films that are revenge stories that remind me of goddesses of vengeance and retribution who are punishing men for their crimes against the natural order uh, that I would recommend. And I think really yes. kind of sum up the idea of the theories for me better than these literal films. Uh, the first one is Mad Max Fury Road. And I don't know if you had this thought at all, Madrin, but I think it makes complete sense. You have a character that's literally named 
Furiosa. Furiosa, yeah. Which I think could have been quite intentional. Um, but the the uh, the premise is that uh, years after the collapse of civilization, the uh, tyrannical Immortan Joe enslaves apocalypse survivors inside the desert fortress, the Citadel, and then the, the warrior Furiosa leads um, five wives in a daring escape where she forms an alliance with uh, Max, who's Tom Hardy, um, and they, they get into this massive armored truck and, and kind of ride away and then, you know, try to eventually, spoil it, take their revenge going the other way on, on this person who had tormented them. And so I think it really is very uh, simple and kind of Greek in that way. Uh, and just that character name popped out to me as I was thinking about these great kind of contemporary um, revenge stories. Um, the other one that is much more recent, I guess is two years ago, Promising Young Woman. Mm -hmm. And in this film, Carrie Mulligan, just traumatized by a tragic event, um, seeks out vengeance against these men who crossed her and um, really kind of like, kind of seduces and scares them and, and torments them. And, and they subvert it in, this nice, in an interesting way by having it be these, all these like nice kind of like boyish people and she's showing them the flaws with who they are. Um, and that seems very, even at the time to me, like kind of Greek in the way that it was constructed that she's very openly from the beginning taking her revenge on these people who have uh, committed crimes, often like sexual crimes. Um, Against her best friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like and another it's personal. Woman. Yeah. Totally. Um, she herself, it, it, they kind of have an antithesis for her because she dressed in these like very like positive pastels and stuff, but in the, in the actual act of attracting and, and, and ensnaring kind of these men, she dresses very differently. Um, and uh, the other one that I thought of, which is maybe um, less specific, like there's no tie in by name, but I just, when I thought of like, badass revenge stories, uh, thrillers in a contemporary way. The first thing that I thought of was Kill Bill um, mm -hmm. because it is it is this kind of major betrayal and, and just a sweeping revenge story of like Uma Thurman being a badass. And honestly, it's like, I don't know. I just love those films. So as I want a chance to pitch them, um, it's, it's Tarantino-y. So that's its own kind of like, reinvention of other things but I again I think that this idea this Greek idea of these characters exacting justice upon men like we see this story come back and you know it's not as popular as the Taken franchise or whatever although these films that I just mentioned have been very popular but I wish that we saw more of it and it's great that it's still around um any other kind of film or television you'd like to uh, uh bring up Madrid? Yeah, absolutely. I found a film uh, from 1950 aptly called The Furies. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is it. This will be perfect. And it go, it's really more of a, of a using The Furies as a metaphor again. But I have to tell you, this movie is fire. It's about this old... It's a literal uh, fire. So well, it's not, no, it's okay. like a fireplace channel. It's it's the, so this old rich dude owns a ranch called the Furies, hmm. and he is just absolutely obsessed with wealth and status. And he's got this gorgeous daughter who is equally obsessed with wealth and status. 
um, who basically plans to marry a guy who will give her enough status to be able to then take over the ranch and all of this wealth and status when her father dies. And as she's kind of plotting this perfect marriage, her father brings home this other woman who makes no qualms whatsoever to the daughter that she's planning on marrying the father simply mm -hmm. for his money and is basically plotted this rather perfect scheme to get rid of the daughter. So the daughter is just absolutely enraged by all of this and she gets a friend of hers and her ex-boyfriend who her father convinced to dump her, like took a bribe mm. and dumped her <laughs> so that he, so that she couldn't craft this perfect marriage to take over the ranch. So she gets her friend and her ex-fiance um, and plots against them. And the, the perfect, they do it in this most perfect way. The ranch owner is so obsessed with himself that he actually pays his bills. His name is TC. He pays his bills with TC bucks <laughs> instead of oh. actual money. And he manages to get away with it because he has so much wealth and status in town. Oh. So she goes around town and buys up all of the TC bucks and basically renders this invented currency completely null and void and completely useless. So, um, then so that is basically how she manages to like buy up all of her father's status in town mm. completely eroding any of his wealth uh and and um influence in this town so uh basically she, <laughs> yeah so like that's how she takes over this and instead of being enraged by his daughter he's actually really impressed on how cunning and conniving she is mm -hmm. and willingly gives over the furies this ranch to her and just said and says okay i'll just start my life somewhere with the little bit that i have uh and i won't tell you exactly how it ends but i thought like so it goes back to that idea of like almost like patricide like she killed his status and his wealth in order to take over something that she thought was good, was rightfully hers because he mm. was trying to undermine her at the same time it's amazing and i thought this was amazing too the the daughter is played by barbara stanwick and when i was doing my research for this when i first heard that one of the furies was named megara that is the name of the female protagonist in the Disney Hercules movie. Oh. And she is like, she works for Hades in that yeah. movie. So like, she's essentially sent to to undermine Hercules in that. Right. And then of course it falls in love with him and doesn't want to do it. So in my mind, I was like, oh, Meg from Hercules must be based off of Megara, like the yeah. fury itself. But in it, her story isn't exactly the same thing, like basic, but I mean, it kind of is similar but in that she was wronged by a man totally could and be now, borrowed by you, you know like right. sometimes they they riff on it you know right and here's where i thought oh all of this has just come so full circle in my research i found out when they were developing the character of meg for the disney hercules they based her on ready barbara stanwick <laughs> oh what? interesting i know this is I thought good. that it was like, oh, I was see, like, this is all, it's in the You know universe, how much I right? like to it's see the ripples through film. Um, it's all coming back around. It all leads to Disney's Hercules. That's right. <laughs> and then I have to ta say too, uh, I can't believe we've gone this long without me talking about Buffy. Oh, I've been the world oh, there we go. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The time has arrived. Yeah, there is a, a main character, Vengeance Demon, named Anyanka, who is eventually called Anya in the show. She comes in 
purely as a vengeance demon and her whole jam is taking vengeance on men who have cheated on their wives and girlfriends. So she is, she tricks Cordelia into wishing that Buffy was never brought to Sunnydale because she thinks it, if it wasn't for Buffy, her boyfriend wouldn't have cheated on her. Mm. Um, which of course creates this really terrible like darkest timeline kind of scenario because as we all know Buffy is the hero of Sunnydale and if it wasn't for her the whole town would be taken over by vampires so luckily Giles Buffy's watcher figures out what Anyanka has done and destroys the amulet that gives her her powers but that renders her completely human Mm. and so for like hundreds of years she has been this vengeance demon and her whole deal has been about getting women to wish ill on their the, the men who have wronged them. And so she doesn't really know how to live her life as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually, I think she's a very interesting character. She eventually comes to fall in love with the man that she was supposed to exact the vengeance on. Mm. And they become a couple and they actually become like a really cute couple for a while. Mm. And they're supposed to get married, but they don't. And again, I will not tell you exactly how Anya's fate eventually <laughs> ends, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's really interesting to watch. Her, hers was one of the best characters to watch for the character growth because she really easily could have been just a one-time episode character where it's like, oh, my entire personality is that I exact vengeance on men. Mm-hmm. But over several seasons, she grows and becomes this really fully fleshed out, lovely full person who with all of her quirks and foibles and but then she also like she does have a good heart and she she becomes a very interesting lovely main part of the group which is really awesome to watch it's interesting that and i think part of what makes the theories extraordinary is that they can hold that rage and like passion for vengeance eternally right like it's a very human thing that for us when we exact revenge it's satisfying at the time but shortly afterwards it turns into something else right sometimes it becomes Mm -hmm. trauma or eventually it becomes forgiveness or it becomes whatever or you can carry it with you but there's a burden to that too where there's something kind of freeing and terrifying about something that can hold that forever and it is not a burden to them it's like a joy to them so uh, we'll have to ask our guest about that. Um, if that's a, if there's any weight to that, or or maybe it's very freeing. I don't know. Um, there is a great uh, video game series called God of War, and in um, the God of War Ascension game, which was uh, 2013, I believe, is uh, the year that it came out. The Furies are, are like the the prime antagonists of that game, um, and they're described. Uh, as as being um they say from this rage this madness of war the furies were brought forth neither titan nor god mortal nor shade the furies were bound to no one they were the guardians of honor the enforcers of punishment the bane of traitors i was like that's some good character development traitors um you know there's a lot of weight to that (laughs) to that game but um this because it is all kind of greek stuff that in the game it's that this particular game takes place six months after Ares tricked kratos into killing his family and uh he renounced his service to the god of war and he's now pursued by the furies um who are the guardians of honor and enforcers of punishment 
and he discovers that only by slaying the Furies will he ever be completely free of his bond to Ares. And so uh, it's an interesting thematic chase, but the idea of the antagonist being somebody who's haunting you for your crimes, even if you weren't the cause of the crimes committed, like, I think that's a cool thing to play with. I can see how that would carry for a whole game. Um, there's some other kind of random stuff that I've got here, um, being the, uh, there is a song uh, called The Arenies by uh, Head of the Herd, who's a Vancouver alt-rock band. It's actually a pretty good song. You never know how music is going to be when we get into the pop culture section. Sometimes it's a thrash metal that I do not enjoy, and sometimes it's an alt-rock that I go, oh, this is quite good um see it's interesting that you, i found a french heavy metal band from paris called the furies oh so nice yeah. yeah how was it uh it, it's french heavy metal cool maybe it's, somebody's gonna really love that I'll, I'll yeah I, well they seem they've been around for like almost 10 years now so mm. they seem to be they're still, killing it they must have some sort of loyal fan base yeah um the last thing that I would like to talk about in pop culture, and I'm always excited when I get a chance to do this, is a chance to use the monster manual. Ooh, he's <laughs> flashing his D&D manual, everyone. Um, so when I looked this up, uh, I mean, I have a physical copy. Mine is copy core rulebook th version 3.5. Um, <clears throat> but in some of the research of the... Uh, uh, the Aranese in, in D&D, which number one, I'm kind of amazed that they are specifically there because I find sometimes D&D is a little bit random where I think something should be in there and it's not, but this is very specific and it's in every single manual and the character evolves quite a bit depending on which one you have. Um, but in mine, uh, I've got uh, some definition of them that I'm going to share just because I think it's always interesting to see the way that they were interpreted for this purpose. Um, it's maybe a little bit different than Greek or Roman, but it kind of works for its own universe. Um, so for this, um, they are uh, fierce and beautiful women with statuesque build and flawless skin. Uh, they have large feathery wings, red glowing eyes. Um, some of them, they said this particular one wields a long sword and has a shining red bow. Um, the rumor in the underworld tells that the first Arenes were angels who fell from their lofty heights because of some temptation or misdeed. Now the skies of the nine hells are littered with their descendants. The Arenes serve as scouts, servants, and even concubines for powerful devils. Unlike other devils, Arenes appear attractive to humans, resembling, uh, resembling very comely men or women. They're not above taking advantage of being mistaken for the celestials that legends say that they once were. Um, they stand about six feet tall, weigh 150 pounds, speak a few different D&D languages, and then just logistically, like, they combat for a distance, they have charm powers, and it looks like they have some, uh, like, natural weapons, but um, they're evil-aligned and lawful. You know, I guess they have their own kind of logic. But I like that, that in their, this version, they're kind of fallen angels that become this swarm of uh, devil abiding uh, minions, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit different, but I think very cool as a monster. I think that'd be fun at D and D. Yeah, uh, anything absolutely. else that you'd like to share in pop culture, imagine? Well, I also found in DC Comics there's a whole series called the Female Furies. Mm, oh yeah, um, 
uh, and I don't know a, a ton ton about them because I'm not as much of a DC fan as I am Marvel. Mm -hmm. So they are new gods who are fanatical to dark side. Uh, and they've got, some of them have got the best names ever. There's Big Barda, Mad Harriet, Stompa, mm -hmm. Guillotina. I think that was Ooh. my favorite one. Um, and so I, I, again, and I think that this goes back to kind of like the actual true origin of the Furies is that uh, Big Barda was their leader and she, but she defected because she wanted to go to earth with her, uh, with her boyfriend. But then a kill order was put out on them from Darkseid. And so all the rest of the female Furies went to Earth to try to kill Big Barda and, and Mr. Miracle, her, her boyfriend. And then basically Big Barda was like, uh, no, 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 no. We're all Furies. We're all loyal to each other. So she manages to turn it around and nice. turn the, fe the female Furies back around mm -hmm. <laughs> on them. Get Mad Max on the situation. <laughs> Yeah, meaning, yeah, meaning turn around and go back is all I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I just it seems yeah, like I thought it was really interesting that it was essentially their origin story comes down to like oh this one of them tried to leave for true love and wasn't allowed to. Mm. So then she essentially said, well, if I'm not allowed to, I'm going to gather. And and originally the other Furies were sent after her, basically on like an assassination order. Mm -hmm. And she essentially was like, no, 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 we're all in this together. We're all sisters now. And they were, and they, they all essentially agreed to mm -hmm. it and like turned around and gave them and a cause against... to be furious too, right? Yeah, like... yeah. And so, and they rebelled against Darkseid in that way too. So I just thought it was like, oh, this, this seems very uh, complex and, you know, how very Greek of them to have written this kind of story. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was all very interesting. Awesome. Well, uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break, but when we get back, we are going to be joined by Tisiphone. Now, uh, hopefully uh, that's going to go okay for us. As we mentioned, it was episode 13. You know, we've lived this far to tell the tale, but sometimes I just get a little bit more nervous than other times. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed, I don't think I've done anything uh, too crazy well, this I week. I have not to... committed either matricide or patricide lately, so <laughs> no, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good there, too. Uh, Great. I, I know, in fact, that I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes when we get back. Welcome back to Monstrology. Uh, uh, Madrin and I are joined by uh, Tisiphone. Um, thank you so much um, for joining us in this format. I, I didn't know if you would be able to uh, in, in this medium, but uh, I I'm thrilled that it was uh, able to be set up for you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Honestly, um, it was impressive the intern found me. Uh, not yeah. Most people don't make it to the underworlds alive, so that wow. was a little bit shocking when he when he made it over with the equipment today, so that was really great. But um, also, yeah. you can call me Tiff, by the way. I know Hellenic Greek. Great. It's old these yeah. days. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, look, everybody loves a good nickname. I, sometimes I've had guests with many names. So one short name is, is perfect. And I know our listeners always enjoy that. Um, how's the uh, intern uh, doing? I, I sent uh, Douglas down. And um, I, yeah, I'm also kind of amazed that he, he made it all the way down there. Yeah, They're very I, resourceful, our our interns. Well, know? my, my it, scouting process is very thorough, but the follow-up is very mild. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think he seemed to be really good with dogs, so that oh, okay. okay, the hellhounds, Cerberus, um, yeah, and um, you know, then he made it across the water, and I'm not really sure where he is now. To be honest, I sent him with a harpy. I thought it'd be faster, but uh, sometimes they get lost. He'll make it back eventually, I think. Um, yeah, well, give or take a few weeks. Yeah, it's just hopefully oh, he arrives oh, in, that's in fine. one piece and not in several. I mean, yeah. let's let's be fair. Our our intern return ratio is probably like like three to one at this point. So yeah, the batting yeah. average of survival is not super high. Um, but I make sure. I, I imagine you can attest to this. You've seen the paperwork I send out. It's very specific. It's very thorough. It's very thorough. It, it protects me legally, but also people know exactly what they get into. But I think you know, just as I kind of told myself as a very small child, it's like. You know, the, the reality of you don't have to be afraid of monsters. The mere fact that they could exist is so thrilling that I would risk my life as I do every episode. To be I mean, that's them. that's the main draw for our interns is that we really sell the that you are guaranteed to meet a mythological creature. It's a truly a once in a lifetime experience. Exactly. Yes, yes. It is truly a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, yes. so, um, you know, I guess the equipment made it all the way down to you. So are you currently live from the underworld? Yeah, we have an office here that we're working out of right now. Um, Okay. There's been talks about setting up some sort of bigger station here for the the other Furies and, and uh, the Harpies have been making just nests where they can. But, you know, we're at about like 108 billion or so souls at this point. Oh, wow. Uh, it's getting, yeah. yeah, it's getting crowded. So, you know, That's building up, of, building down. It's a lot of upkeep. Do you have to automate some of the torture or is it still a, a personalized experience? Um, we're trying, we're really trying not to, but the backlog is getting serious. There's a lot of wandering souls these days and, oh. uh, it's why you don't see us in the mortal realms anymore. Right. You know, we just yeah. don't have time to be, and with modern medicine, like the plagues don't, they're not the, what they used to be, obviously. Um, look at COVID. Well, God. I don't know. I mean, we're currently in the middle of a plague, despite what our provincial government says. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but like, what's and, the death uh, rate? Look. It's a lot lower than than the 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 plague uh, yeah. at this point. The, the the current the current ratio, thanks to the the, the, yes. the science of vaccines, I think is uh, the purpose that we're talking about for this context. I, I suppose yes. my point is is you don't completely write out plagues as a tool of vengeance. It has seemed to be wreaking global havoc for mm -hmm. the That's last two years. Very mm -hmm. true. And my sisters do say. Um, I tend to be a little bit more dramatic. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I am specifically the Avenger of of, of murder. So I, I do have a bit of a thing for death. Um, I think it's cool. Mm. I think it's probably the, you know, in terms of like punishments and retribution, it's really the cleanest, the clearest, the most absolute. Um, so they like suffering, but I'm more concerned with death rates but so you avenge murder does that mean that you particularly get to inflict revenge upon murderers um who have committed that crime uh, both in life and in death yes yeah and it's mostly been death as i've said we're pretty busy um helping my brother hades um keep things under lock here mm. But uh, it used to be obviously more in the mortal realm and we deal more with like case to case yeah. uh, 
direct, you know, patricide, matricide, killing of specific people. Now we're sort of looking at creating a new system that would address how systems can cause harm and possibly death of others. But, oh, mm. you know, it's complicated. It's complicated. That, that's what I, I was going to ask you is what what is your process in determining who is guilty of a murder versus who just maybe had a heavy hand in it but didn't do the actual killing itself where where, where do you draw that line or, or who do you decide is worthy of your attention in exacting that revenge yeah oh it, it's a pain i have I, i'm not sure if you're aware i have two sisters um magar and electo there are other um theories out there but the other theories um were the originals from Kronos. Um, I, I, I consider those two my sisters, whereas the other two are, you know, everyone's related here, so they're just more so family. Would, are, are these younger sisters? Are these, uh, these further uh, theories, do they come from you in some way, if you were the original three? I'm just curious, strictly, <sighs> you know, in the investigation of truth here, how does that process work? No, I mean, it was just a mess back then. I mean, you know, our dad was castrated and then he went on to have Hades after us. Um, mm, that's so, true, it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, really. Gods do what they want. You, uh, We have, I think Nick's had a few furies and at this point, like so many ah. other people have, you know, you know, slit a wrist, accidentally, like, had a period fall on the ground, and then it turns into a irony. Uh, I don't know how, how many there are at this point. We just sort of pop up when blood hits the fan, so to well, speak. Well, imagine we had, I was talking about all those different origin stories. It just occurred to me that maybe there isn't one that was accurate. There could be you know, a couple, you know, that, that have maybe led. they were all accurate. Maybe yes. they were all accurate. And so we know specifically um, Tiff's story here, but we the, the other ones might have led to these these uh, larger uh, flocks of theories. Um, yeah, and I mean, with the three of us, we just couldn't handle the workload. Obviously, Hades has other people helping him out. Um, Persephone sometimes steps in, Hecate's around, but like, we're doing a lot of the torturing and obviously we're very concerned with um, retributive justice. So we want to be enforcing punishments and possibly atonements. Um, we don't get to that as much this these days, but you uh, know, atonements sound well, like a lot of work. I mean, it's easier just to to straight to up just to continue with the with the torture and say that they're not going to improve as people. You know, like that. You know, yes, that you just give well, them a ball, it, a hill, forever. Emotional you know? change, you know, growth sure. takes effort. You know, and you you can't you don't do that effort for and, and assessments well, and then sorry and yes, and, and it seems it seems like your uh, your assessment and your specific exacting revenge was quite tailored to the to the victim right is you know a very uh you can't just kill everybody or you can't just you know torture everybody right it was it was uh it, it seems or at least in, in some of the accounts that we were reading that it seemed very apropos very specific very related to the crime that yes. must take a long time oh most certainly and you know at the height of our sort of public persona i think i'm not sure what the global population was but probably around what six hundred thousand, a million people and then we were focused mainly in greece because um that's where everyone was those days um and 
you know, it lets you focus. It lets you give the time and attention and care. And I mean, if, when you're dealing with, I, I'm a, more of a hardline. Um, I take more of a hardline stance than my sisters. Obviously, um, they're dealing with jealousy, cheating, lying. You can have. I think there's more of a, an opportunity, basically, for restoration, restorative justice in those situations. It's a bit gray. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to murder. Jealousy is so pedestrian in comparison to murder. You know? Yes, thank you. Yes, and some people don't understand that. And they really just lump the three of us in. I'm like, no. But, but, but I... please don't tell the other Fury I said that. I don't want to insult them and face their ass. <laughs> oh, it's fine. They're out right now, I'm okay. sure. <laughs> They'd only send a few harpies anyway. Just don't you tell have... them about the podcast. And I think they'll be okay. You must have some like weapons at this point, right? You haven't taken like a Triton or something by this point? I mean... I've collected some things over the years that I keep in various locations in my home that in the event I would need to use them, I will. But let's hope it never gets to that, eh, Matron? That's probably this true. This is all news then... to me. I, I, well, I, I wasn't I was going to talk gonna about it, it but... with my charm. So. I, well, good luck. <laughs> You've got lots of charm, but I think there's some monsters that uh, will not be deterred by that. Yeah, um, I, I can't imagine too many would be. Maybe one of the men, like, God, they'll stick their dick in anything. But, you know, um, <laughs> not the women. The women have their heads on straight. Like, thank God... I work with Hades and not fucking Zeus or Poseidon. Oh, oh yeah. Like, could you I gotta say, man? I, I watched that uh, Percy Jackson movie and Zeus was a real son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, that, in, in that version. And what that's a, a kid's a, movie. And that's just, that's just a movie for children, you know? Imagine what he's like in real life. Probably real. Oh, jerk. yeah. And those fuckers, we can't even, like, do anything with them, you know? Like, there's no eternal hell for them. And, and sure. then they all get up in arms and Athena's their sister, so she's always trying to protect ever, them and do you ever take out the rage that you feel towards the gods on the living like you know i'm not saying that it would be uh, intentional as i i believe you have great integrity mm -hmm. in your work but you know you hear about this people who are experiencing all their own issues and they take it all out on the customer service agents or whatever do you ever feel like you got all this frustration for the gods then you got to go down you do your torture and you start torturing you realize you're like oh i don't even need to torture you this much you know what it's eternity down here so yeah. so i i'm sort of of the mind that like you know what's another three eternities of torture for this person if it'll make me feel better you know fair enough i'm the one in charge most of the time i mean yeah. at least when it comes to practical action uh so yeah totally 100 percent. not really on mortals these days and i would say when they're alive i try to be more fair and just in my decision making obviously i try to listen to my sisters more because they're like maybe we shouldn't kill them because their card accidentally hit it hit a man and i'm like but it's you know life for life fair equal easy done but anyway there's obviously gray area and like self-defense and stuff like that blah, 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 blah. they like to fight me over it but um every now and then you just need to you know pull out a liver a few times and like watch them die and then do it again and it's really quite cathartic i don't know if you've ever i i haven't personally like tried um, it i've never ripped a, a liver out of a, a, a human body i mean that's uh, good because i'd have to kill you but exactly uh, no. yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> it's fun it's fun it's fun but i don't not intend to Plus, we're we are mere mortals. We do not have the your abilities. Right, Ripping no out talents. Liver. 
No exactly. one. Yeah. He's just flabby, he's flabby someone's fingers. liver would just, it would be really hard. Right. Oh, that sounds really difficult. I'm so sorry. I'm sure you can't even yeah, like. Yeah, we get by. We get by. I've What's only your... ever seen it uh, by mortals in the Mortal Kombat franchise, uh, ripping a heart out of somebody's, uh, still beating a heart out of somebody's chest, but that's just a video game. That's a video game? game? That's oh, okay. a video game. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know those things, the, the digital things we've made where we just yes. sit for hours yeah. looking at stories we've created and, and push buttons. I've been getting um, into TikTok and I've seen people play it, but I haven't. I the wiring down here is is complicated. And, and that's another thing, you know, we could look at modern instruments for torture, mm. but then the setup is so like, much. Like doom scrolling, for example. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. I TikTok, have you seen that place? Cesspit. Oh my God, potential unlimited, but mm-hmm. you know, then we got to, you know, sort of figure out Wait, what did we're you doing guys change first. the Facebook algorithms? Was that you? <laughs> you always, I mean, you, you're we're reaction. kind of, we've got a few people we're betting on for like worst torture mm. of the like decade century. We, you know, there's ongoing goals and sort of Jeff, um, Mark, Jeff Bezos, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, Putin, they're all in the running right now. And, and um, every now and then we do sort of implant an idea around them just to see if they take it. And, and I'm not, I can't confirm or deny. I don't want anyone getting mad at us, but. Oh, it's like in uh, in Good Omens, the demon Crow- Crowley. Uh, I forget the name of the highway, but there's this very famous highway in, in England that is just absolutely torture to to drive on and so in that book he takes credit for having invented that system of of highway that everyone hates so much so it sounds like yes uh, you know it's a, a similar maybe, maybe that's where the author got that idea is totally from, worst of your ideas. actual real life uh, uh, application yeah i mean i mean it's not if it's not us you know there's people causing shit all the time dionysus is like he's a good guy he's fun and everything but he causes so much shit like honestly he's the reason at least half a million people are being tortured right now and they'd probably been fine if they didn't come in contact but Mm -hmm. yeah i guess there's there's a kind of uh moral gray area because if a god convinces you to do something you still have to face the consequences and punishment of those actions even if you're not the person who consciously committed them because you were influenced by a greater power so that's totally. some, some murky territory well, uh, really for us it's not your fault it's the gods <laughs> i guess the trickle down effect yeah well that makes that. me that leads me to think of of one of my favorite stories involving you and your and your sisters it was the the story that apollo convinced orestes to kill his mother uh in in a an act of vengeance for her having killed his father but then I was reading that you and your sisters said, well, no, but Orestes killing his mother is still murder. It's still matricide. He, we still need to exact our vengeance on him. And it took Athena interfering and holding this trial on his behalf in, in order to, to uh, try to balance those things out. And so I was wondering just had, I mean, that happened so long ago, but you know, you took a really firm, you know, from what I read, you you and your sisters took a pretty firm, hard line that Orestes should be punished for his matricide. And I just, I wonder how how you're you're feeling now, all these years later, about that. I mean, Apollo's a little bitch. He has been for so long. Um, good friends with Persephone, obviously. They've had. He's just been, you know, an asshole um, to her in the past, and just hate him. So stupid. But. Uh, 
ultimately patricide matricide clear cut like there's no i don't think there should be uh, any wiggle room on that like sorry orestes sucks to suck but you know what this was a pretty clear rule it's pretty obvious it's not like will i won't die it, it's there it's you know don't kill your parents um yeah and it's pretty you know clear cut as to whether it happened or not too right? yeah it's, you were not the like, bodies you're like these bodies are now dead bodies like and you did it you and know? you <laughs> have blood on your hands and yeah. there's a knife in your hand yeah yeah, yeah. super clear cut and i get it but at that point like it's not like it's not like gods were were like today where people aren't really sure if they exist and we're a lot more quiet um you know there's a lot of people who just don't think about us and, and that's fine sometimes for the better but back then they were you know worshiping paying attention to shit they were really afraid of us it was great um so they should have fucking known you know it's not like you have the excuse that like i wonder what'll happen like bro i killed your best friend a week ago for the same thing do you think it wouldn't happen to you so ultimately with all that said Oresti is an idiot but Athena despite the fact that she's technically younger than me trumps me so and my sisters so we just had to listen so, goddess of justice and one well yeah so I but I think you got a pretty good good deal for from the end of it right in in negotiating ultimately the fate of Orestes and then you and your and your sisters as well too is that now you are the the keepers of justice that sounds fun uh, it's like one of those titles where it's like what does it mean though oh. are we like the creative director of humans like it does it, sound like a lot of work it's yeah and it's so it's so gray and as i've said i'm the black and white one i prefer just kill be killed easy done uh some difficulties with you know peripheral killings of like I pushed a boulder down the hill and ended up squishing, squishing someone at the end, you know? Um, but other than that, it should be pretty easy. And now we've got this whole like justice. There's a lot of movements towards restorative justice in the mortal realm. And Athena wants us to start considering that. So the paperwork these days, it's long, it's boring. I, I'm not a fan, but. So do you, you know. have, I just got a curiosity, you know, you've been with your sisters for so long. Do you have a, a good relationship with them? I mean, it feels like you have a lot of heavy lifting to do in terms of these cases. Um, is there any strain between the relationship between the three of you? Uh, oh, it's funny you ask that. The thing is, yes and no. It, no one else is as old as I am. It's like a handful of, of people comparative to the world. I've met everyone who is old as I am, and I probably interact with them on a you know monthly every six months i see everyone who's close to my age you know we're all in chatter in cahoots all working together at this point like the population of the mortal realm's gotten huge um and that really increases our workload and what we're up to and uh so there's a certain bond in that age you know you can't you can't Whenever we have a tiff, we're all, everyone's related, not just me and my like sisters, the ones I call my sisters, but everyone's, we're all related, we're all family, we've got to get over the shit even if we, you know, hate each other or are sworn enemies. There's no, you can't do that here. Um, are there big fights? Yes. Do mortals get killed when we fight? Sometimes also yes. Mm -hmm. Do we love each other at the end of the day? Of course. Um, Electo's a real sweetie. Um, she's, you know, 
she's the youngest by like a few seconds and and you can really tell sometimes it's very cute though you know she's she just i think she just wants to she she wants things to be a little more creative she's looking at different punishments like we've got some of the classics like you know splinters under the fingernails going on and she's she's the one who's really pushing the like TikTok um video games with like unending fetch quests like those are sort of what she's looking at oh did they days. start pay, oh, okay. pay to play yes yes God, i know and it. honestly play. <laughs> we were just everywhere <laughs> i know and we just were sort of encouraging it at first and then we realized like again torture potential very high um we think you've created like a false reality and it's like groceries pay to play but anyway uh, uh that's to come we'll see where virtual it's real estate etc yes oh we didn't even think of that that was all zuckerberg oh, isn't that man. wild yeah that's amazing what a sent genius him, sent him down quite the path yeah um okay so i would imagine and i could be wrong about this but that sometimes the job might get to you you get to a point where you're like i've done a lot of this i'm just curious <sighs> Do you and your sisters ever just just let loose and have a girl's night out, you know? <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, you know, we do. It's a little weird because with eternity, you don't really care about days so much. It's like years and then you're like, I can't remember the last time I had a drink, you know? Yeah. Um, a, a, a girl's year out would be quite a bender. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, uh, we should do that. I mean, it's usually only a few months at a time. A I don't think we've months. ever. Yeah, I mean, when it's. Of <laughs> <a>, unchecked <laughs> chaos? Wow. I would say unchecked chaos is a lot. Like, people. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Mortals like think they're so special and interesting, which is just so hilarious to me. Like, can you imagine? And so we're spending all our time down here. We're not going up like here or or up in, you know, up with the gods. Like that's where the parties are at. And then every now and then we come down for a bit of mortal torture. Like, I, I, I wish I could say we were so much better than you but ultimately your lives are meaningless and uh will end in most likely eternal torture so you know what's a few that you skim off the top and provides you a bit of joy like we're gonna be here forever having to live with this eternal existence and and soon you'll be in the underworld so what's it matter if we take off like what is it how long do you live now like what are we looking at 70 80 these these days I think well I think 80 is a, is a pretty good long time I mean most of my family members have lived into their 90s oh that's recently good. wow so. that's actually that's really big wow I remember back when you were only like 40 year olds I remember mm-hmm. seeing a 50 year old for the first time and being like wow that's ugly <laughs> tell us the feathers we're are lucky bad. to live in a, in a country with free health care so that that helps uh our, our cause a little bit yeah um, I'm happy for you it's good you're trying yeah we try you know to make meaning out mm-hmm. of our, our meaningless existence um selfishly i'm wondering if i could ask you one more question you mentioned that most likely our lives are going to end in torture do you have any tips for having our (laughs) lives not end in torture i don't know imagine is that that, i feel like this is a good use of our time here i mean i'm not sure i want to spend all eternity being tortured so if you've got any kind of yeah like to just just some you know tips or or just some avoidance good good practices yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And you know, you are the first mortals I, I've really spoken with in, in 
probably a few centuries. So this is, this wow. has been really nice. Whoa. It's good to see how well, smart you've thank gotten. Thank you. We um, really appreciate our, you yeah. taking this time. And and kudos and to our interview, our, our, our uh, intern for getting it done. I was going to say, what was I mean, his name? Yes. Douglas? Douglas, yeah. yeah. Douglas. Douglas. Wow. Yes. Cute, squeaky. Um, yeah. Well, he wasn't squeaky when I sent him down, um, but I guess he's been through <laughs> quite a bit. He might be yeah. a bit squeakier. <laughs> he's coming back naked and one foot short, but he'll be all right. Oh. Um, what was that? Well, tips for staying. Ugh, yeah, no, tips for not being tortured. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. I really, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think coming up, we're going to look at sort of a phasing out system. Like there's just, it's just so overwhelming when you have like 20 people lined up in a row, pushing their boulders up a hill, you mm-hmm. know, 20, sorry, 20,000. Um, it's just boring to look at and i'm sure i'm sure they're bored i mean past the point of where we thought they should be bored um we're looking at sort of phasing out and and setting punishment limits how long will that be i don't know millions of years centuries like what's going to happen when earth explodes we're still trying to figure out um whether we move to another planet uh there's so much coming down the pipeline right And, and we don't know what the mortal population will ultimately reach um lots of thoughts i think probably if you avoid murder obviously big one for me i'll be i'll be real heartbroken if i see your names on the list please don't do it like great people i'll put in a word for you if it's like you know uh i don't even have you shoplifted a pen so i think i'm i think i'm doing all right but that's really kind of a bureaucratic thing like i don't know if your parking tickets really affect your morality i suppose this is, that's this not is really the thing it's like my morality. you know I, i'm curious about i recycle I, does that count i mean we appreciate the att- intent but effect is you know in, in terms eh. of the amount of torture like you know we as humans we cling to things like religion and um uh, tradition do, and, tradition and, and do ritual. Yeah. and ritual and i guess I, i'm just you know maybe we don't get to know but at this stage of my life it's good to know where to you know put the effort in yeah um, i mean obvious things like don't cheat don't murder um you know eat a little less red meat for the planet my god that's one we're having to like have some meetings about and figure out how how bad we're going to consider it because you know and then you get to the like corporations versus the people thing but like corporations are kind of run by people but oh this is what i'm saying it's so see but then the, the vegans the, like, yeah, the vegans vegetarians could get an edge but not if they gloat about it then they might just get put back to square one yeah so yeah it's... my sisters are more concerned with humility i don't really fucking care but there's well, also like then, palm oil and ugh. right like i think i think what your your point of of humans have really complicated the world since since you're you know you were at your height of your popularity popularity because you know because i've even heard there's this push for vegan leather i keep seeing that on you know where clothing is like oh this is a vegan leather jacket or a vegan leather purse but if you really dig into it vegan leather is just another form of plastic so that's that can't like you can't be offsetting the cost of of okay so i'm not killing an animal to make a, a coat but plastic we know is harvesting that is terrible yeah, for, for real the bad. world and, and a lot in of the manufacturing reefs. process of that. Well, so let's, is that let's, not even, let's not even go down the rabbit hole of NFTs and their yeah. environment. I don't even know God. what they are. It's okay. We're better off, you know. Yeah. yeah. Rich people, man, they're too much time on their hands. I thought mm-hmm. I had a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I agree. 
I was going to say, this is true. And this is the big problem with humans these days is you just all know way too much. Like back then, you know, uh, Orestes knew he shouldn't kill his parents, but no one realized that the cows were shitting so much methane it could harm things. And I mean, at the time, the cows were not shitting so much methane that it could harm, you know, the ozone layer. That's been, you know, since the population's increased. So, you know, I think in those cases, we felt pretty just in not blaming humans for their choices. Um, you know, their intent was, they didn't know they were causing harm. Mm-hmm. Now you just all know so much like, and, and to be fair, I get it. Your brains are very small. Your lives are very short. Like it, it's difficult to keep track of it all. You can only, you can sort of only briefly know a little bit of everything. And then how much are we going to say, like, if you know that plastic's bad and also uh cowhide is, is bad because you killed a cow or something, uh, but you're still probably using both plastics and or cow hides. Uh, is there a good choice? I don't know. What is it? Do I only allow, do we only torture people who live linen full lives? Does that mean everyone's coming to the torture chamber? What are you guys at? Like 8 billion, 8 billion, I think. So seven, 8 billion or something. So like, that's about 8 billion of you that should be all just filing in. If that's our metric of like, have they worn clothes basically? Um, so I guess what we've learned Madrin is, you know, let's let's not do those really bad things. Yeah, um, I'd say avoid you know, the yeah. obvious, but I, I, we're pretty busy. It looks like we're going to start taking more lenient stance to the questionable and just go for the direct, like, um, did you cuckold your husband? Uh, did you cheat on your pregnant wife? Um, did you uh, punch someone while you were drunk at a bar? You know, and then we're going to consider entering like a phasing out system of, you know, punching someone at a bar. What's that like a hundred years of of uh, nails in your feet? I don't know. Um, Is there potential? You did mention at one point in this interview, and I guess it's my only follow up to, um, you know, selfishly again, these things are good to know for my own life, but um, human atonement. So let's say, (laughs) for example, I committed murder tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to atone for that in life? You know, we saw some research. Imagine, I have no intention to do this, but just you know, it's just for context. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way? I mean, you are you do know that you are recording this, right? But other people will hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but depending um, on what you say next, <laughs> I'll I'll put the weapons in a safer place. But I um would in the event that somebody was to commit an unforgivable crime. <laughs> Is there a way to atone for one of these larger, you know, I don't want to use the word sin because I don't even know if that applies, but for is there atonement yeah. that's possible? Um, I'm going to tell you straight up these days. No, we're like swamped. It's just to, I don't have the time to come up there and say like case by case, like, oh, uh, you owned a firearm and some kid accidentally shot themselves with it, you know? Um, Who am I going to blame here? Where's the blame going to be? Do I blame the store owner for selling you the firearm? Do I blame like the teacher who didn't teach you you should lock up your ammo? Uh, I mean, this is more of a problem in in, um, one particular landmass area of your your place, but Mm -hmm. um, a little bit further south. uh, Yeah, I think so. You you said you're like over by the Arctic. Uh, We're in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So just just below the Arctic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not cold, but it's not that cold. Okay, cool. That's good. That's nice. Um, I'm glad you don't have the firearms because they're like a mess. Uh, but 
I don't have the time to go and do that sort of case by case analysis. I don't have the time to even set up like a flock of harpies on it. Um, or, or, you know, other other furies that are I mean, more than just my three sisters. We're the ones who are sort of in charge of the decision making, but we do occasionally promote within other furies. Um, but yeah, we don't have the time for that. If it were, you know, um, I'm not a huge fan of atonement most of the time for murder cases, but in those sort of peripheral cases of like you accidentally, um, you know, hit someone with your car, I might consider employing mm. some sort of like lifelong improvement plan for you. <laughs> uh, what that would look like, difficult, perhaps giving away all of your wealth, living in total uh, poverty or uh, facing all your victims' families and helping them. There's a lot of things and usually it's a, it's a combination, uh, but that's not happening these days. And to be honest, it was always my other sisters who were more concerned with it. Um, you know, so I just, think yeah. what we've learned today is, is uh, don't murder. And for all of you murderers out there, um, <laughs> stop. Uh, and, on, and on that note, uh, it's time for the pitches of this, uh, <laughs> this episode. Uh, so these are some things, um, uh, Tiff, we, we do should this give every this episode. segment a title. We should call it like the pitch of the pod or something. It should have some sort of thematic uh, title. Yeah, I have thought about this <laughs> and I still haven't picked anything, um, but maybe uh, our listeners can uh, suggest something for us so <laughs> that it can grow into with time. Um, I'll go first uh, today, as I don't often, I think, go first. Um, my uh, pitch is a website uh, similar to Wordle, but not Wordle. It's a daily thing, and it's called, uh, the website is called framed.wtf. And what it is, is all the film nerds out there will enjoy this. It is a, a series of screenshots from a film, and it shows you up to six. At one at a time and you have to keep trying to guess what the film is so it'll show you an image and you give it a try and if you get it wrong you get another one you get up to six uh, screenshots and it's just one every day um i just started it a couple days ago and i really love it i, I used to for hours go onto a website um that had all these like screenshots and movies and i thought it was so cool and so i am thrilled to channel my wordle habit into something filmic and maybe you will be too. <laughs> Anything that uh, you two would like to share? I, I, it's, well, this isn't an actual specific thing. This happened to me a week ago. I was coming out of a store and this young woman comes up to me and says, hi, I'm doing a scavenger hunt and I have to do a random act of kindness for a stranger. So this is for you. And she hands me this adorable little potted plant. Oh, in a cute aw. pink pot and at first i have to say i'm so cynical i was like oh this is a distraction tactic so i was like check my wallet check my phone looking around my cert like i was like oh wait no this is legit like a genuine oh, yeah wow this was a genuine and so i and i have been riding the high of this random act of kindness this happened to me a week ago and i'm still talking about it and i'm still like oh look at my cute little pink plant that this like that's fun really nice. stranger just popped mm -hmm. out and handed me this plant so Think of your random act of kindness, oh, strangers. That. It doesn't have to be a potted plant, but just think of doing something fun and kind. And it it not only made my day, it totally made my week. I'm Like I said, I'm still thinking about it. So I promote random acts of kindness. Hmm. Nice, that's really good. 
I, uh, my plug is for something pretty mundane today, uh, roller skating. Oh, okay. I decided I needed a, a, a hobby for summer to go outside and I picked up roller skating. It's so hard. It's so much harder than I imagined it would be. Yeah, uh, I guess there's a reason why Furies, I don't think I've ever seen an image of a Fury in roller skates. No. Yeah, I, I was kind of, um, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be a little more creative in, in in what I'm picking up. Like we've had the wheel for so long and I just started watching on TikTok. All these people are using them. And I was like, that's hilarious. Look how small their little wheels are like. And then I started doing it and, um, you know, thank God I'm not a harpy. Like I could never do it with their feet, but mine are, are very similar to a human. So it, it's worked well. It's uh, thank God for the wings because that really helps with the balance. I don't know how a human would do this. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the humans are really good at it sometimes, you know, like they really just woodle, woodle, woodle and their feet yeah. move. It's so cute. I love it. So uh, you could kind of do a, a nice takeoff, like a plane to a rolling start. Um, yes. There's a, yes. some serious possibility with tricks when you got you got a wingspan to work with, too. Make make sure you're yeah. wearing a helmet when you do that, though. You don't want to get a bonk on the head. It's we. I don't know if you've been keeping up, but lately here in the human world, we've been realizing more and more and more just how serious even a small conk on the head can be, you know, in the long term for humans. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it's different for a fury. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't, it wouldn't hurt you very much, but I mean, long term uh, repercussions for a lot of humans. No one will let me die here, you know, being friends with Hades helps. Um, but I definitely, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm wearing all my, my, you know, the knee pads, the elbow pads, nice. the wrist Good. guards. I just figured. I want this to be a pleasant experience. It's been a while since I tried a mortal sport. Um, might as well take the caution, you know? Great, great. Glad yeah. to hear you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Oh, enjoying, the, enjoying the little things, you know, that creativity, that that risk of rollerblading is really going to pay off at your next, uh, you know, a block that you get through and torture. You're going to push right through it. That's, that's it. That's really, that's a great insight look at you guys you can look at you guys it's really great to see what this is what uh mortals are like these days it's really been a, a, a surprising pleasure uh being here so thanks for having me oh thank you oh, thank um you. often i i ask our guests if they have any last words of wisdom i mean we really did ask you already and i think we landed on don't murder people which is a good call <sighs> yeah um, but if there's any other little word of wisdom you want to share uh, you're welcome to, to take us out on that I would just say, you know, avoid avoid the gods and specifically the male gods if you can. Other than that, I know they're not as common above these days. They've gotten they've gotten reprimanded so many times at this point by us, but you never know when Apollo's gonna sneak out of the sun chariot. Um, so you know, that's the only other thing because yeah, you get yourself in an Orestes case. I guarantee you, we aren't holding trials these days. There is nothing but torture for you. Uh, at the end of that, no more rebranding to the justices of the justices or whatever we are now. Yeah, I wow. say that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us and, and for um, existing in a physical form for us. It was um, uh, great to meet you and and to really just to see uh, your wings in, in, in person um or, or like virtually in this way but physically uh, for our guests at home um you, you're not able to see tiff but uh, they've got these really powerful wings you you, you seem to have a very like uh clean skin i don't know what is that that 
color. You have a very specific color, and I, I don't even know if I can... I think the key is the snake venom. I've actually been yeah. applying it to my face for the last few centuries, oh. and I've got to say it made a difference. Uh, a bit of a green tinge, but really tightens everything up, keeps you looking. Yeah. You know, a little... Have you seen Nicole Kidman these days? Yeah. Yeah, yep. a little okay. like that. Yeah, they you know, probably... In, the Hollywood system is probably, you know, they've probably tried snake venom, and maybe they're ahead of the curve on that, so... Um, Hey, yeah. you know, maybe we're pitching snake venom to the face in a fun way. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us. We'll see you in another two weeks for the next episode of Monstrology. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm -hmm.